Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul Favor. I'm here with my ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And today is Friday, 3rd of June, 2022. I said third, kind of weird. Uh, maybe, <laughs> I'm not sure, maybe I didn't have enough caffeine today. But uh, it's another great episode on the Pinelander. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of different topics. But one of them we really haven't covered yet is uh, the education system and the status of it. Uh, and if you are uh, a father or a mother and you have your children in the public school system, if you've been alarmed at some things that have happened in the last 10 years, uh, then maybe this will be really interesting for you. Uh, maybe this could be eye-opening for you. I know that uh, uh, there, we had personal reasons. My wife and I homeschooled. Mike, I know that uh, you've had reasons uh, to extricate your children from the public school system. Yeah, like you, I've homeschooled and done, you know. Yeah, so this is a hot topic. Yeah. This is this is a school. <laughs> yeah, this is a really important topic. I know for many, and so it was, uh, you know, it was high time that we finally covered this. Uh, I know I've been talking about with you for a while, and we uh, it's. It's a topic worth talking about for a whole hour or, or abouts. And uh, so what we really want you to get out of this is maybe some uh, some tips. Maybe this will be a wake-up call for you. Uh, who knows? Maybe you'll make a decision based off of hearing this uh, to maybe take your kids out of public school also. Not sure. What do yeah. you say to that? Well, I, I, <laughs> there's a, there's, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a hot topic. Um, we, we, we want to educate our children. Uh, so a lot of people look at homeschooling as one of these, you know, daunting tasks. It's kind of scary. Um, and I'll just give you an example because there's, there's sort of a, a, a myth that, you know, you have to have a master's degree yeah. to teach a child. And, 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 uh, and there's a reason for that. Um, the, the school system itself actually – propagates that myth. I remember I was over at a very expensive private school, okay, uh, here in Pineland, uh, paying pretty good tuition, okay, and I was in the headmaster's uh, office with the lower school principal. This is, I was in there for discussing one of my children at the time, Mm. and um, we were talking about where uh, one of my son's reading level was currently at. And kind of what what to do with it, and uh, the lower school principal, and I'm not going to name, I'm not going to bust him out on his name or anything, but um, this guilty, guy, this guilty guy, remain, yeah, 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 exactly. But this guy had the gall to tell me, uh, Mr. Blackburn, you can't teach your child to read because you don't have a master's degree. Uh, now I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I almost came out of this out of my seat when I heard that. It was the most wow. ridiculous thing. You know, kind of embarrassing for him because the guy's got a PhD in education. Mm. 
But then again, the reason why he has a PhD in education is because he's been properly indoctrinated to actually believe the nonsense that was coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, anybody can teach their child to read. Okay. You don't, you don't need a, you don't need a PhD or a master's degree to do that. But it was a couple of things, um, for my own situation. And I, and I'd love to hear your stories too, but, um, I got kind of fed up and concerned with public education, which was the reason why I was over uh, at that school. You know, it's the reason why yeah. I, I forked out the money to put my kid in private school because I was trying to get a better education for my kid because there was things going on that concerned me. But after a couple of years over there, I'm going to tell you what I realized. And I don't know if you had the same sort of situation, but uh, I, what I realized was a lot of people, at least in our community, uh, that are in these uh, private schools came from the public education system. Yeah. So what I ended up kind of realizing was I was paying a pretty good tuition for almost the same ideology that I was getting in the public school system. These teachers had uh, been in the, in the public education system. They had, they had uh, been there long enough to retire, get a pension from the state. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these private schools do not have uh, retirement plans. They don't have pension uh, plans. Uh, a lot of the teachers go over there because, uh, let's face it, they don't have to deal with a lot of the behavior issues that you that the public school has to deal with. And the public school is at a disadvantage, okay, because there's all kinds of laws on what they have to take and what they have to do and who they have to accommodate. And, you know, so I understand that their hands are tied. And a lot of these teachers will, as soon as possible, they'll come out of the public education system and jump over to the private school system um, because the, the, the student body is a little easier to work with. The parents are usually involved with the, uh, the children. They're usually involved in the kids' education. So – but the, the drawback is they usually don't pay as well as right. the, as the, as the uh, public education system, and there's no pension. So these teachers get their pension, and then they jump over just as quick as they can to go over to a nice school and you know because they enjoy teaching. Um, so that was kind of eye-opening for me. It was like, wow, okay, I'm paying big tuition, but I'm not really getting – I'm still getting the same ideology. I'm still getting the same nonsense from like I heard from the lower school principal that you can't teach your kid to read because you don't have a master's degree. This is, this is, this is a typical thing I would hear in a public school, you know, but he had came from a public school system. He was educated in education. That that was his field. It had been his field his whole life. So I was looking for a different experience for my kid. And what I found out was I was, I was still in the same sort of quagmire, same sort of ideology. Right. uh, Which I knew was a failed system it was a it was a failed way of of teaching you know so that was my personal you know um sort of eye-opening moment with going to a private school yeah the um you know there's probably we probably had the same reasons why we went to the private school maybe i'm pretty sure but our reasoning and i'm sure like uh a lot of people that um, you know, are in part of our listeners, people that read our books, they were appalled at a lot of what their children being exposed to. And so my primary reason and my wife's primary reason was we don't want them taught X, Y, Z, whatever that is. And you know what those things are. Isn't that the number one reason they tell you not to homeschool is because what about socialization, Mr. Yeah. Favor? Yeah. 
And you know, and that's exu- that's usually what they they go to. I mean, the short answer is both of my daughters were homeschooled. Uh, the oldest, like three to twelve, the youngest K to twelve, and they had you know awesome scores. Uh, they they the oldest has a two year degree, the youngest is almost uh, she's about halfway done with her bachelor's. They're they're doing very well. Yeah, and, sharp. Both of them are and, and they sharp. had uh, socialization too. So yeah, there is a socialization issue, and that's a hurdle that has to be crossed, and you have to work a little harder to make that happen. That's true. So that I think that's. Uh, that's well, I wasn't. Yeah, you know, and I wasn't. I guess what I was trying to say was I'm not. I'm not trying to say that socialization <laughs> itself is not important. I mean, yeah. we we know it is. Um, I think what I was reading, at least from what you were saying, was you were concerned with the type of socialization they were going to get in the public school system. Yeah. So, so the, you were looking for like yeah. other ways to get socialization. Yeah. Right. So our thing was really, you know, just the big elephant in the room is evolution. So evolutionary theory and science, any science topics, you're getting that theory, uh, you know, just rammed down their throat. Any opportunity they have, they're getting that atheistic uh, ideology. And then you've got the uh, birds and the bees stuff. Not even that, but we're talking like uh, at the time when we brought our kids out, we made a decision to come out of the public school system. There were like the first, I think, rumblings of this. Uh, they didn't have the full woke, nonsensical, uh, you know, does little Jimmy want to wear a dress and he's six? You know, none, none of that stuff was happening yet. Uh, but there were, it was going that way. It was going like, hey, you're going to, stuff you would normally not even be addressed, it normally would be ninth, eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade is when you and I, I believe, were taking sex ed. That's about right. And then, and so now it's like, okay, first, second, third grade, what? Right. Say again? I mean, we're, I think that's quite a jump. And so that, those two things alarmed us. And the other thing was, uh, we wanted to have a, uh, a Christian worldview of like a foundation. Everything they did, we wanted that to be foremost. We wanted the Bible to be used in the public schools. Obviously, no Bible, no prayer, no God. Uh, and so we thought, hey, that's, that's a big problem. Now, obviously, when I, uh, and I'm pretty sure you were in the same boat, uh, when I went to public school, we didn't, ha- we didn't read the Bible also. Okay, we didn't pray in school per se, but we did pledge allegiance to the American flag. Uh, we sang, you know, my country tis of thee. Uh, I actually do remember praying in, at least in Tennessee, in like first grade, something like that at lunch. But I don't think it was, I think it was more like we, we were under the wire, under kind of making that happen. It wasn't well, you official would, policy. And obviously school has changed a lot since yeah. you and I went to school. And I think that's probably a lot of the, the issues that you run into when you're talking to parents is I think the assumption is, you know, I went to public school and it was just fine. Yeah. And and I think a lot of them don't realize like just how much public school has deteriorated. Yeah, that's um, a big part of it. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, sporting events, it was nothing, it was not unusual to um, – Talk about God or pray before sporting events. Um, pretty much everybody at school probably either attended church or you know yeah. a lot of the people you went to school with you probably went to church with on Sundays. There was a lot of um, 
I mean, I went to a, I was in a small community, so it's, you know, yeah. it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a small community with a, a small faculty and a student body. So, I mean, we knew each other, we knew each other's families. It was a little bit different, but, uh, but still there wasn't the animosity towards God and religion like you would experience today in a public, public education. Uh, because it, these, these, these parents, um, and it only takes one or two very extremely vocal parents, okay? Yeah. But they even get like the inkling of some sort of uh, Christianity or something like being presented even in uh, these school systems. I mean, they're usually pretty quick about calling their lawyer. Yeah. And the school system is is almost scared of that now. They're not, they don't challenge any of that. Um, and in the same token, though, they will allow anything that's godless. Well, listen, you it's don't go there. Don't you and I, send listen, somebody else. It's one way yeah. or the other. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you, um, I don't think, you know, you don't sit on the fence on this issue. I mean, you either have God in school or God's not in school. Right. And if you, and if God is not in school, then what do you think's there? Yeah. Anything. Anything goes yeah, and it gets, it just gets crazy. You, you know, I mean, the famous examples you've had, uh, you know, California, California schools where they, uh, they will intone the names of, uh, you know, Aztec gods, so-called gods, you know, as part of, you know, cultural awareness. Right. And they'll talk about these so-called gods. And, but, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's gotten, um, yeah. listen, this, is, this yeah. isn't our public school system. Yeah. It's just, it's just us not. Now, now you and yeah. I are both involved in teaching, okay? We, we've yeah. been teaching for... A long time now, yeah. not not in a public school system. I I um, I went back to school. I got my teaching license. I taught in a public school because um, I wanted to make a difference, and uh, and I was concerned about what was going on and what I was experiencing with my own kids. So I was like, well, you know, I'm going to get off my butt and I'm going to get in there and you know be a school teacher. And and I and I had the opportunity to do that, but that was extremely enlightening. And I can tell you that what goes on in the public education system has got very little to do with educating your child, uh, and I found that out firsthand. Well, how do you? What, what can you give us some examples? Well, so I get I get hired kind of late in the summer, okay, uh, because I was actually uh, going to be a middle school teacher, okay, and then when you're when you're a teacher, um, you know, you have to kind of figure out where you want to teach. This is like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, I mean, it's middle school, okay? I was going to be a middle school teacher. I kind of, you know, most people... fun age. Well, (laughs) (laughs) most people are terrified of that age, okay? I mean, usually you're going secondary or you're going primary. But yeah, yeah, I was was a brave. I was going to, you know, why not? I was going to take on the middle school. Going to be Mr. Carter. So, yeah. So, anyway, (laughs) um, it was fun. I mean, I was, uh, I had substitute uh, taught, uh, in middle school, I kind of enjoyed that age group. I kind of enjoyed that sort of weird uh, transition that those kids are going through. They're kind of st- just starting to, you know, kind of find themselves, if you will. Um, but anyway, I got hired. I ended up getting called um, uh, by a high school uh, right near the house, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, why not? You know, I'll go. I'll go down there and interview." Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I get hired. Um, uh, uh, in a local high school, and it was kind of late. You know, I didn't have much time, so I was like, "Okay, I better hurry up and get my stuff together." Because they didn't give you, they didn't provide anything. There's no curriculum or anything else, really. Uh, it's just like, "Hey, here's your, 
you know, here's your class and, you know, do what you got to do. I knew the subject, but I had quite a bit of uh, wiggle room to tackle that subject. So I'm really concerned about developing a curriculum and getting ready for the kids that are getting ready to, you know, occupy my classroom within a very short period of time. And I, I can tell you this, this is, it's, it's almost, I was almost shocked. But uh, when I first get there, and, and we just have a very short time before the kids show up, um, the principal had all the teachers assembled, and we were doing unconscious bias testing. Mm. To, you know, because we all needed to realize that we were all just closet racists. We just didn't know ah. it. Now, I, I, I hate to tell you that. Unconscious bias. I don't know if anyone's ever taken that test, but basically wow. it's like a laptop uh, computer in front of you, and wow. you've got one finger on a key on the left side of the keyboard, and you have the other finger from your right hand on uh, a key on the on the right side of the keyboard. And the program shows you a series of pictures. And then, you know, you're pushing one button or the other, either your left hand or your right hand, as as these pictures present on the on the screen. And you have to do it uh, at a certain speed, or yeah, it's absolutely. going to look like you're thinking a little too hard. Right. They don't want yeah, you doing a lot of cheating. thinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, for anybody, and I'm not going to get into how these things are manipulated, but anybody with sort of familiarity in the field like you and I are, we kind of understand how these things are manipulated to where you yeah. can kind of mess with the person's mind a little bit and make them think something that really isn't what it is, okay? But you and I are familiar with that, but the average teacher is not, okay? The average teacher comes away from this test going, oh, my God, I'm a horrible person. Everything, everything they said about myself, everything they said about white privilege is true. And it was, it was just it was, it was, it was enlightening to me and shocking to me. And I knew the school system had an agenda, and I got that. Okay, it's very, you know, generally speaking, um, it's kind of a lefty field for those of you that don't know that. Okay, uh, I would say that there are certain professions that are usually pretty lefty. Okay, uh, medical fields one. Uh, legal fields another and teachings another. Okay, if you don't know that, then you haven't been in. You haven't spent a lot of time in college. Uh, at humanities, right? You can attest to that. Okay, uh, there's certain fields that sort of lend themselves to the type of people that think that way, kind of gravitate towards those kind of fields. And education is one of them. Okay, so uh, first and foremost, I know when I'm sitting in a classroom, you know, getting my education classes knocked out. That you know, I'm I'm the weirdo in the room. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's that's just understood, um, and that's fine. You know, I got no definitely problem with that. Definitely not a lefty. Yeah, you're no, I'm not a lefty, not but I'm not, not. You know, I'm not a hardcore. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, right wing fanatic either. Yeah. I mean, I I like dialogue. You're, you're an infiltrator. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I mean, you and I, you and I, um, we can discuss anything. Yeah, and we we have disagreements about things. It's not a big deal. We're kind of yeah. like you know just old school America, right? I mean, you don't have to think the way I do. It's okay. You know, right. we can we can talk about it, and yeah. we usually have some pretty spirited, fun discussions. Yeah, and when we walk away from each other, it's like, you know, that's cool. You know, yeah. I respect the way you think. You respect the way I think, and you know, it's we get on with it. Yeah, but neither one of us are raging communists either. Okay, um. But yeah, that's that's okay. You know, I got no problem with people's um, having different opinions and different ideas about things. I enjoy a good, you know, dialogue. Um, but going through college uh, with 
uh, people with PhDs in education, okay, they had certain ideas about things, and, and, and I would challenge those in class. So mm-hmm. I kind of understood going into the school system what I was kind of dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood how my fellow teachers uh, generally thought about a lot of different things and the faculty and what have you. But in, for me, it was just kind of shocking that when you have a, you know, a young new teacher coming in, instead of helping them prepare for uh, getting ready for class and getting ready for the students, it was more important to make sure that this, this, the, uh, the faculty was properly indoctrinated. Yeah. And I don't think people really understand that that's really the key. If you have, if you have the faculty kind of online, if you have the faculty sort of bought in, okay, to an agenda, then you really don't need to worry too much about what's getting passed on to the children because you've got your cadre, if you will, properly trained. You know, we we understand the importance of training the trainer. The principal of the school understood the importance of training the trainer, okay? He needed to make sure that uh, his faculty thought right. Okay, he didn't need any issues. You're on board with. You're the on board with the yeah. agenda. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of things that when I was in the school system that I was very, um, well, I just I mean just surprised by, but then again, probably wasn't. I just kind of didn't realize the the depth of the problem. Yeah, you saw the you, you really saw behind the curtain exactly. And you saw how the sausage was made, and and. Uh, it surprised you, shocked you. Yeah, they really weren't too worried. I mean, in, in just public- this process of them trying to make sure not 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 so much the quality of your instruction, no, but that's where not- your brain is. Are you in line with all of the uh, you know the ideology? The way the way the school system works is as a as a new teacher. That's scary. As a new teacher, yeah. you get the job that nobody else wants. Yeah. Okay, you need to understand that. So I was starting out uh, being in high school. You can guess what grade I got. It was ninth grade. Those kids coming straight out of middle school, right? Um, I had about a class size of about 36. Wow, yeah. Close to one-third of that, of that class were, uh, had IEPs, which is an ind- individual education plan. These are kids that have some sort of learning disability or okay. whatever. Okay, a euphemism for the guy's got problems. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's yeah. a little extra attention. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I had non-English speaking students. Okay, wow. because I don't think people realize, but um, so for not those a, not for, a, uh, <laughs> a walk in the park here for those of you yeah. that haven't been paying attention to the news or have, yeah. These people that are flooding across the border are ending up in a school system near yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, they're not all hanging out down there on the border. Yeah, they're they're getting on buses, they're getting on planes, and they end up in your county school system. Yeah, I got them as well. Small town USA. Small town Wherever. USA. Yeah, you you know, here I am, brand new teacher, right? Yeah. Um, Thirty six students. That's a lot of students. Okay, one third of them had uh, education plans. Um, they had they needed special attention and special accommodations. 
I had uh, quite a few of them that just didn't even care whether they were there or not. Mm. And then I had some that didn't even speak English. Wow. Now, they got to get the same quality of education as everybody. And then you've got maybe a couple of kids in there that are that really care. Okay, yeah. they're trying to get as much information out of you as possible. These kids are motivated. They want to go to college. they got plans. Yeah. Okay? But they're having to deal with the rest of the circus yeah. in the classroom. The, uh, the, yeah, the, the screw-ups. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was extremely challenging. Now, in the school system, if you can, uh, once you get through that, the goal of any teacher is to get themselves promoted away from children. <laughs> I mean, I know you laugh, but that is yeah. the fact. Yeah. So, you know, you do your hard time, if you will. Manage the uh, indoctrinated ma- people. You know, you, yeah, you get yeah. in there, you do your you do your time, your hard time, and then yeah. you go for administration. Yeah. Okay. Then you want to not to mess with it anymore. Yeah. Okay. Or you get some other kind of cushion job within the, the bureaucracy of the public school system. Um, it's pretty much the same uh, across the board. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I yeah, but you know, it's always it's always funny because the propaganda really is you know for the children. Right. I can assure you. Uh, Public education has got nothing to do with your children. I'm just hate to tell you that it's it's really a, a government jobs program. Um, and it, so that's another aspect. I mean, I don't know if you want to jump on that now, but just the uh, I've always wondered about this. Yeah. Uh, just the connection between you know lefty government and this process, and because we know I just think it's there. Uh, I think it's a duh thing. You've got lefty agendas. Okay, we'll just say it. These Democrats, right? Yeah. They've got these woke agendas, 1619 projects. Yes. You know, America bad. You know, uh, America, you know, was founded on uh, just bad principles and just racist principles. And then you've got this, uh, however it goes through the offices and bureaucracy, and then it filters down to the public school system. And, and I think I do see that because you have uh, states like Florida and DeSantis says, no, we're not going to do that. But other states, you know, there's no pushback or you got to think there's none. And then you've got these kids reading these books about how America's bad and how it was based on, you know, racist principles and blah, blah, blah. But I guess my whole point is I know there's a connection there. Well, I think a lot of it too has to do with the fact that um, I just don't know how that works. But there's people way smarter to yeah. me that have talked about this um, and have wrote, you know, written books about this. But you know, like there's just certain things that happen. I mean, I did, I was kind of surprised. I went I went to school, and of course, um, I had to go back to school in order to get my teaching certificate. So, just from the time that I had originally got my undergraduate degree and then going back later for my teaching certificate, th- there had been quite a bit of change that had happened um, in academia. And I'm sure you've run into this too. Um, language. This was the first thing I noticed was like, there were certain words now that weren't allowed to be said in yeah. academia. And you don't, you don't say it that way, Mike, you, yeah. you say it this way. Yeah. And I'm like, Really? Yeah. I mean, I, it was just very Orwellian to me when I was back in school. Wow. Yeah. And in education is, is full of that. Okay. It was always, um, you know, people first and all this other type of things. Mm-hmm. And 
they have all these little catchphrases, but a lot of it was just, um, you know, how you speak. And then, of course, anyone who understands language understands that you know, language is how we think. It's how yeah. we express ourselves. We so, don't say those words anymore, Mike. Yes. That word you said. But yeah. if you limit language, you limit the ability to think. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we, the, the language is the expression of our thoughts. Yeah. So if you can start throwing words away and telling people you don't use that word, we use this word. And defining things that you know, they were really doing a uh, quite a bit of damage, I think, to these young people that are in academia because I think they are sort of um, constraining critical thinking. Yeah. Well, and, that's an understatement. Yeah. It, well, you know, listen, you, you're critical thinking. You're you're in school. Wow. I mean, you're yeah. you're pretty much always in school. You know, you're always going after some other degree. I'm sure you're noticing the differences yeah. as well. But they tell, you, they tell you what to think and how to think. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Now, I did have a, uh, a couple of us um you know, sort of rebellious types, I guess, when we were going through, you know, sitting in, in, in school. And of course, we're older too, so we're in there with a lot of 20-somethings uh, fresh out of high school. But we would challenge things, um, you know, to a degree, and just ask by asking questions. And and, and some of these, you know, the doctors, uh, the professors would have some difficulty. They'd have to kind of, we put them back on their heels a little bit, and they'd have to kind of think about. I don't know if they'd ever been challenged like that. Um, I can see that happening in these classes you're in. Well, there was a couple <laughs> of us. Uh, there was a couple of us, in, and I think, I think. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed my time there, but it was very that's it another, was very enlightening. That's another point is you see these, uh, whatever the ideology is. Okay, right. let's just say we'll pick on 1619 Project, right? That, uh, you know, America was based on slavery in 1690. America's racist to the core, right? right? And what happens, what will happen is that will become like doctrine, and then that will be established. And if you speak out against that, well, then you're just automatically racist. It's pretty much already there. Well, that academia and, is kind of weird. It's and, and I was, you know, I hate it was t- it's taking me a long time to get there. But my, I guess the point I was trying to make was some of these professors, I don't, I don't think have ever left campus. Yeah, so they don't go so, to the real world. So yeah, exactly. I, I, and, and, and listen, I, I appreciate that. I mean, they're they're exceptionally bright. There's a lot of information to pull from them but for those of us that have you know traveled and been around there and yeah. and experienced a lot of life yeah they just sometimes when you're listening to these professors you're you're wondering you know yeah. lady or or gentleman like what shoebox have you been in dude i mean yeah. it's like there's like none of that stuff that you got in your minds going on exactly. and maybe it's going on on campus here or maybe this is the way you think life is yeah but if you if you leave campus, yeah. and and you and you travel, you know anywhere in America, the stuff that you, you know it's it's just different than how you're describing America. Yeah. And I get in conversations all the time with professors and things that have this sort of uh, '60s academia sort of view of the world and and and, and all the social injustices, but you know, if you're in small town USA, I mean, this is just not the case. Yeah. And I think where we all usually witness that or experience that is, is, is race, right? Yeah. And I, if uh, you, if you listen to anybody on TV, you would think everyone in America is just 
a bunch of freaking raging racists. Yeah. And now I mentioned 1619 Project a lot. And a guy, a gentleman uh, who, ta- who teaches at Stanford is Thomas Sowell. That's right. Okay, an African-American gentleman. Uh, and he has, uh, I mean, soundly disproved that theory. Yeah. Uh, you can read any of his books. One of them is Discrimination and Disparities. Uh, one is Black Rednecks and White Liberals. <laughs> Fun title. Right. Uh, but basically, he'll go, he goes to uh, also Intellectuals and Race. And he goes to the heart of some of these ideas and say, hey, look, these, these pitching uh, hold uh, the African-American community, these types of ideas. These types of ideas are, oh, uh, you know, uh, blacks are uh, victimized. And, it's, and, and, it's condensated. Yeah, and basically it, it, uh, what the, the full import of these types of thought is, oh, you're not good enough. Right. Right. right? And ev- or everybody owes you instead of, hey, we're Americans. We're not perfect, but everybody makes their way and they do the very best they can. And they're rewarded for doing a very good job. So do the best you can and don't try to have some type of, um, you know, sandbags like, hey, well, you know, everything's all against me anyway. And so I love how Thomas Sowell, and you can jump on YouTube and, and listen to this guy for days. How he just takes a flamethrower to those types of ideas. Yeah, he's an absolute intellectual heavyweight of our time, there's yeah. no doubt. And, and uh, you know, basically unknown. A basically a basically unknown uh, heavyweight that would just... But that's that's the uh, the part of this that I hate is the school system. I, I see, and I could be totally wrong, is just completely controlled by the lefties. Absolutely. They, they infest the institutions of higher learning all yeah. the way down to the public school system, and it's all controlled. And if you're not in that clique, you're out. Right. You don't play the rule. That's what you've been saying is if you don't uh, toe the line with this ideology, you know, then you're just going to get voted out. Well, it's – yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to do very well. Yeah. Um, you, you certainly won't be comfortable. I mean – I love the kids. Uh, the kids were great, and, I, and I'm talking about it just did not matter. I mean, uh, uh, the, the troublemakers all the way to the freaking nerds and the jocks. I mean, it didn't matter. I just enjoyed teaching kids. Um, and the the problem with, with the education system, of course, is, is it's not even the curriculum. I know a lot of parents are like, uh, they, you know, they're always worried about the curriculum. You know, what's in the curriculum? What's not, you really don't. I can honestly tell you it, – Curriculum is irrelevant. Um, for that teacher, you really need to, you really need to know how your teacher thinks. Um, if you have somebody teaching your child, you really need to have a conversation with that teacher. You need to kind of understand their how they think, because they can take any subject. I can assure you, I can take any subject. It does not matter, reading, writing, arithmetic, and I can put a bent on it. I can oh, yeah. I can push my agenda. Now yeah, that math is racist. It, it whatever yeah. it does not matter. Okay, <laughs> um, so the public education system is is uh, really tough, and when you remove the sort of underpinnings of our society, that sort of Judeo Christian underpinnings of our society, and you start to get into this sort of mushy anything kind of goes land, it causes yeah. a lot of confusion for yeah. children who are not. You know, confusion is not something that's good for children. Yeah. You know, children need structure. Yeah. And they need to be, you know, shown right uh, from wrong. Yeah. Um, you might be doing that in the home, 
And then again, you you may be like a lot of parents where, uh, you know, you're working full time, uh, your spouse is working full time, trying to make ends meet, right? You're paying the $6 a gallon gas or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. Let me just jump in there. Yeah, please. Uh, something that uh, you when you and I were growing up is, and I may be wrong about this, but something that was assumed by our parents was you and I were going to get a good education going to public schools. We're going to be taught right and wrong to a certain extent, right? And I think the assumption is still there that, you know, people, they drop their kids off at school, they go to public school, and the school is just going to teach them what's right and wrong and everything you need to get ready in life. And that's not happening because they're not teaching what's right and wrong because you don't have that Judeo-Christian ethic there. So when we were taught, I would, I remember being taught those basic rules, not only at home and church, but at also at school, those all kind of meshed. Uh, but you don't have that today. No, you don't no. have people saying, okay, well, this is right or wrong, because now you don't really have the moral law. And people are just, well, it's just like a, it's like some type of, you know, uh, social construct that this, that's really nebulous and doesn't have a form. It's well, like, well, that's just what we do. Well, it kind of truly was. And then my, my it, whole point is they... That's gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was so, a community. I mean, but yeah. I guess you're absolutely correct. I mean, when, you know, so of course, parents to, parents would like probably, young parents today would probably absolutely freak out uh, if they understood the way uh, our generation was raised, okay? Yeah. Uh, we were open range, okay? We were free rangers. And the reason why parents could have their kids free range like that was because everybody in the community was almost like your parents. Okay. Yeah. They, dude, they were all in cahoots against you. I mean, I got spanked it at did, school by the teacher. I got by beat. The I got beat by everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody was correcting me. It yeah. did not matter. My neighbor was jacking me up. The principal sure. was jacking me up. The, t- the teachers <laughs> yeah. were jacking me up. Absolutely. Dude, if you did something, it was like, I'm going to tell your parents. And they yeah. did, you know, and, yeah. and everybody was on you like white on rice. Yeah. It was good too. It was good. It was a good time. And, Everybody sort of shared a yeah. sort of common um, understanding of right and wrong, yeah. and the sort of the, the norms. All those all those underpinnings have been torn away purposely, yeah. and continue to be torn away. And you're right. Yeah. Parents today have an assumption that they're getting community when they drop their kid off for six seven hours, and they are, would probably be shocked to know that they're not getting that at all. Yeah, and. And what I was kind of alluding to was the fact that you may be so busy where you even have um, not that much time with your own child, okay, because you're working your tail off. And the majority of um, the people who are raising your kid might not even be you. It could be the school system. Yeah. Which makes it even more important that that you understand the values that are being taught to your child. Absolutely. Uh, On that, and that's where really where I was going is. You know, at church, hey, you know, the Sunday school we have is great, but they only get, they have limited time with your your child. So likewise, the school has limited time also, and they're not going to get the moral law. So if you don't teach them the Ten Commandments, which we all live under still, okay, if you, they don't are not taught right and wrong, uh, you know, we're saved by grace, but we're judged by works. 
So how you live matters. It does matter. So uh, if you're if Johnny is not getting uh, that instruction at home, don't count on Johnny getting that uh, at the public school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, just it, not going to happen in the in the public education system. It's called in loco parentis, which basically means that um, you know it when sounds you sounds fancy. Well, it does, but it's <laughs> it's, it's basically. You know, and, and there was a reason for that is when you drop off your kid to the school system, the, the school system is now the parent. And that's very important. Yeah. Um, but back in the day when you and I went to school, yeah. I, I didn't see much difference between the school faculty and my parents. Yeah. Uh, they got along just fine. Okay. They, they were both into correcting me and, and, you know, making me a model citizen, if you will, do the best that they could anyway. Okay. Today, um, what I was really surprised with uh, going through and receiving my uh, teaching license and going through the EDU classes at the university was the education system now looks at the parent as the adversary. And I don't think parents realize that. Um, Schools do not like parents. And, And if you understand that, I think... Things will make more sense to you. It's kind of a threat to their established order. No, it's it's um, the, the the parents are looked as as if the they are, they're the problem. Mm. Parents are the problem. They're gonna fix us. Well, and, and listen, and I understand that there are some kids that have challenging home lives. I got that. Okay, I had plenty of students that had challenging um, family situations. Okay, uh, but that is not the norm of what I operate off of. Um, I, I did not treat every, every parent as if they were, uh, didn't have a right and any kind of say so with their kid. Okay. But I will tell you that when you're, when you are becoming a teacher, um, you, you are, you are, you are taught that they, they are a problem. And listen, uh, a lot of, Parents today uh, can be problematic. Okay, they they they're not on board. Um, they're 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 mad um, if their kid has done something wrong. Well, no, not their precious little kid. You know, he would never do anything wrong. Like you know, you knew when I grew up. I mean, we were usually always wrong until proven otherwise. Yeah. Okay, I was getting the beating and then later figuring out whether I earned it or not. Okay, and most of the time, I I can assure you, I earned I earned the beating. Okay, um, but I think there's. A lot of parents now, it's like, you know, their little Johnny just can do, can do no harm. You know, they can do no yeah. wrong. Uh, so parents are usually going into school systems very, in a, in a sort of adversarial uh, demeanor. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the school systems are, are really, uh, they're not the same as, as they used to be. Yeah. And... And that's, and that's from, uh, you know, I did public school in the 80s, 70s yep. and 80s. So we're looking at, uh, you know, a generational, you know, 40 years. Yeah. Uh, and wow. Yeah. Uh, the the changes. Well, it's it's the other thing, too. I is, mean, I mean the American this, flag's not even in there anymore. I don't a lot of people, you know, I mean, I'm a lot of teachers don't even understand the history of, of the education system, yeah. uh, which I was always thought was kind of shocking. They, didn't, they don't understand, like, for instance, why attendance is one of the most important things that you'll ever experience in a, in a public school system. Uh, they don't understand why uh, kids work to the sound of a bell. 
why they are only uh, in on a on a topic or subject for forty five minutes to an hour. The bell rings and they switch topics to something else. You know, a lot of a lot of teachers themselves don't even understand, how, you know, why the school system is set up the way it is today. And it's because industrialists set it up, mm. and attendance was important because we were trying to get farm kids to come to school. You had to make it a reward to be there because you know. A lot of these rural kids, they just wouldn't show up to school. They didn't feel like it, and they needed they needed people to show up to the factory. You know, when it, when you when you needed to be at the factory at eight o'clock in the morning, they wanted you there on time at eight o'clock in the morning. They wanted you to come to the factory every day. They also wanted you to learn how to to work to a task. When a bell rings, switch tasks and be able to do a different task in a factory. The school system. They listen. We don't. We're, we're not. We're not running factories anymore. The industrial revolution is sort of a thing of the past. But our school system is still set up to provide workers for the Industrial Revolution. And like that. there's yeah. been a lot of um, really smart people um, like uh, John Holt and some other folks uh, who are kind of the fathers of uh, homeschooling, really, uh, that have kind of challenged the way school systems are still operating because, you know, after a couple hundred years, I mean, we probably need to revamp the way we teach kids. And kids learn naturally. You really, yeah. all you got to do is put information in front of them, and they're like sponges. Absolutely. Now, I could, uh, I can attest to that. Um, having assisted my wife in homeschooling our two grown daughters, uh, they did. They have. There's a curriculum that we have. We used uh, one that's that's uh, faith based. It's a Christian based one, and uh, the they basically had you know here's a laundry list of things you got to read. And then there's, you know, reading assignments, there's tests and stuff like that. And, yeah, they they uh, they manage their time. So they learn to That's manage right. their time. And they, you know, they want to attack the task. And, uh, yeah, so they, they do like to learn. Bas- basically, they like to learn unless there's some identified problems. But uh, it really, uh, what was awesome about the homeschool environment is it's it can be managed uh according to, you know, your lifestyle, whatever, you know, work that you have. And so they would usually, I'll I'll out them, they would sleep really late, right? Have you ever met a teenager (laughs) that didn't like to sleep in late? That was a good thing. It was, (laughs) they would sleep late. And then, you know, honestly, it was probably like nine or 10 or ish, something like that. They would get going, do a little bit, do a lunch and do some more. And I think they got a lot more out of it then they would, you know, walk. Obviously, you know, the, the big uh, uh, argument is that, you know, the social, they're not getting socialized. Well, there are plenty of homeschool programs out there. There's churches that organize social activities where you have all these different homeschool kids go together. The 4-H used to do it too. You'd have, you know, these Saturday events, these other events during the week. And then your kids, uh, our kids at least went out and played. So they had friends. They had friends in the neighborhood. They had all the social activities you could possibly get, minus all of this. I would say demonic ideology. So you don't have well, that's, atheist, atheistic yeah. stuff pushing the sex stuff right. and the nonsense. And I think there are better people for it. Yeah, I remember. Um, now, of course, there's my soapbox. No, and I, I listen. I mean, we're. You know, we're in North Carolina. North Carolina is probably has more homeschool uh, students per capita than any other state in the union. 
uh, the, North, North Carolina happens to be a huge uh, homeschooling state, for those of you that don't know. Um, and for North Carolina, it's, it's, it's kind of unusual because, because homeschooling is so uh, prevalent, mm. we, we also have private schools. And we also have uh, uh, colloquial schools, right? I mean, uh, you know, religious schools, right. okay? Um, so there's a lot of options besides public education. And unfortunately, at least in North Carolina and probably a lot of places uh, throughout the South, that really the only reason for going to public school um, is to play sports. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I hate to say that. But if you're a football player, you're probably going to go to public school, okay? Because you want to get on a good football program and you want to go to university, you want to get noticed. Uh, if you have aspirations for doing professional, you know, sports or whatever, and that can be challenging as a homeschooler, okay, or a yeah. private schooler. But other than sports, if you're if you if you're trying to get um, if academics is something that's important to you, uh, at least in the South, I can tell you, uh, generally speaking. Uh, families that care about academics usually p- either homeschool or put their children in private school. Yeah. Okay. So what does that what does that leave you? Well, it leaves you with a public school system that looks very strange and does not look like the community that the school is sitting in. Um, why? Because all those kids in that community aren't going there. Okay. A lot of those kids are going to private school or they're being homeschooled. So what you end up having in public school really are the families that don't have the means to provide a good education for their kids, which makes it even more challenging on the public school faculty and on the system. So it's a uh, it's a it's 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 really gotten to the point where um, I would like to see it where if the state of North Carolina, for instance, is paying let's say eight nine thousand dollars per student, okay? That's that's what they're paying per kid, okay, to the system. Why not give the parents that eight or $9,000 voucher and let that family that doesn't, you know, doesn't have as much money as the, as the neighbor, okay, still provide the same quality of education as the neighbor kid's getting? Because right now you can't, you, you're not going to sit here and convince anybody that that's being honest, that the kid in the in the public education system is getting the same level of education as the kid in the private school, it's not happening. Yeah, it's not. So if you want to, if you really want to fix things in this country, if you if you want to get rid of the indoctrination, listen. If you're if you're wondering why these college kids are, you know, turning into Marxists, it's because yeah. it started in kindergarten. And don't don't think for a minute that an eighteen year old is is showing up at UNC Chapel Hill and all of a sudden getting indoctrinated up there. It's not yeah. happening. Yeah, that kid that kid's been indoctrinated since since kindergarten. Yep. Okay. And UNC Chapel Hill is just a continuation of the indoctrination. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're just getting more talented indoc- indoctrinators. I think uh, confusion is uh, the you know a big part of all this. You know, people are just so confused. Absolutely. About everything they have. I've just seen, I could go off on a long tangent and say the tangent's done, but the thesis is this, is uh, we have uh, turned our backs on God. Uh, we don't want to listen to his word anymore. We took, we took his word out of the schools. And so we wonder, is it any wonder why it's so confused, that people are confused sexually, 
they're confused in every way possible. Uh, and that's, that really puts us back into Romans 1, where when, when we uh, suppress the knowledge of God, right, then he gives us over to depravity. He gives us over to, to lunacy. And that's what you have. I see in the public school system, I see lunacy. The number one thing taught in the public education system is confusion. Okay, and I can elaborate on that, okay, but I'm not going to because of time. But yeah. um, my point is, um, for those parents out there that are concerned about your child's education, you, I don't think you can fool yourself or lie to yourself anymore and think it's the same school that you went to when you were uh, a child. The school system has gotten uh, incredibly worse, and it's gotten so bad to where um, it's not even. It's really education's got nothing to do with it. It's really more of indoctrination. Okay, these kids are uh, these faculty are more concerned with um, the kids' ideology than whether or not they can critically think. And I think you have to come to terms with that. And homeschooling is. I was just like you. Um, I, I used a, uh, a curriculum that was called the Robinson curriculum, and it was a self-taught curriculum. But the fact of the matter is, um, there's a couple things that that does. What 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 you were talking about, Paul, putting the kid in charge of their own education. Yeah. Okay, making them it's manage self, their own time. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is when you wake up in the morning. Um, you may not feel like doing a certain task. A kid might wake up in the morning and think, you know what, I want to knock out my math right up front and get that thing out of the way. Yeah. The other thing that uh, some of these curriculums offer the child is, is the ability to actually work on the thing that they're interested in when they're interested in it. Yeah. And they'll naturally do better when they take control of their own education and start uh, directing their own um pace and what they work on. And here's the other thing that a lot of people don't realize. They spend six, seven hours a day in a public school system. And pretty much, let's let's be honest, they're pretty much like prisons now because you have to get, you know, you buzzed in and buzzed out and they got walls and, you know, chain link fences and in some cases, concertina wire around them and what have you. Um, it's not a, it's not a great environment anyway. Um, but you take them out of that environment, and here's the, here's here's the truth: a kid can pretty much knock out everything that they're uh, doing in a six or seven hours at at school, usually in a couple hours at home. That's absolutely right. I and I think I, I just want to underscore the importance of also um, kind of uh, fostering an autodidactic approach to learning uh, when the child learns to teach itself, him or herself. When they can learn, like, hey, you know, they they kind of uh, they get excited about that, and you you can kind of see that light bulb come on in their mind when they, you know, and they they, they can teach at. Uh, I think that is a skill that they'll carry later in life. I know I use that in college, and all later in seminary. You're only going to get so much from that teacher, right? And uh, so you really have to learn how to teach yeah, yourself. It's, yeah, it's sort of it's sort of intellectual. That's a skill set that really once it takes, yeah, is uh, it's going to really set them up for yeah. success. Well, that's it, you you just touched on another thing that public school 
teaches, which is intellectual dependence. Yeah. You're intellectually dependent upon that teacher. Yeah. Um, now, in a family uh, type environment, you you have every every age range. You might live with your grandparents. You have your parents in there. You've got your older and younger siblings. Um, you've got uh, nieces and uncles and nephews and and and, and cousins. And you are learning from all different types of people with, with different experience levels um, within your family environment. Think about school system now. For six or seven hours a day, who are you hanging out with? Your peers who know just as much as you do, which is nothing. Yeah. Um, and then you remove God from the classroom, and then what do you think you're really getting there? So who's really influencing your kid? I mean, is that really yeah. who you want influencing your kid? I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I can honestly tell you there really wasn't much coming from my peers when I was growing up. I mean, if I wanted to learn something, I was, you know, hanging out with the neighbor or something. I mean, somebody that actually had something to teach me. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of advantages to just thinking about a different type of environment to put your kid in, especially in today's environment. And I hate to say this, but let's talk about the the recent massacre down in Uvalde, Texas. Yeah. Um, that is not an unusual uh, child. I mean, I hate to tell you this. Okay, I mean, I hate to tell you, he's like your typical public school kid down there. Yeah. Okay, he's not involved in any type of extracurricular activities. He's he doesn't have a, a strong male role model at home. Um, yeah, he fit the profile for an active shooter, uh, big time. Big time, yeah. man. He's got active shooter written all over yeah. him. Now, I'm sorry, but in today's society, public school systems are full of kids like this that need yeah. strong male role models that need strong sense of right and wrong. What else do we get down there that we're learning about Uvalde? Well, we're, yeah. we're learning that the, uh, the police down there actually let him enter the school and were afraid to pursue him because they were afraid of their own uh, getting shot themselves. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is, listen, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, police departments now are, are struggling too. They're having a hard time finding the right types of people for their departments. They're not, you know, there's, there's only so many warriors. They're not really interested in them. They're more interested in bean counting and getting, you know, you know, the right uh, demographics on the, on the force. Well, these might not be the people that you want on a police force. You probably are looking for some, some warriors that, that uh, have the courage to go in and do the right thing because that, that's what we're paying them to do. They're, we're paying these people to protect and serve. But now we got people that are hesitant and sitting back and you know waiting fifteen minutes. Well, your kid might be in that that building. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of things today besides just your kid getting a good education, your 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 child's education. But you have to be you have to be concerned about your child's safety too today. Yeah. A lot to consider, and uh, you know I just feel like I need to say, hey, if your your child is in the public school system, I'm not saying you're uh, you're a monster. I'm not saying that you're not that you're irresponsible. I'm just saying these are things to think about. Yeah, Definitely listen. things to think about. I think, uh, I like I said, I think there's, this is a much larger problem, um, and parents are going to have to uh, just be aware of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we need to fix this situation because it's not uh, – the country – the future of the country depends on it. We, we really need to make sure that we're bringing our kids up and getting them educated and they understand civics and – yeah. They understand I mean, our system and why it's important. And children are our future. Absolutely, I mean, uh, we we are to value. I mean, and we 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 talk about this too from the womb 
uh, all the way, you know, to college. We, uh, we value our children, you know, the unborn, all of those things. I mean, we have, uh, it's, uh, we're really under, in some sense, I could go off on a long tangent here, but when we, when we dismiss God's word and, and his law, we really invite ourselves to disaster. And that's really the long and short of it is we, we say to the Lord, we don't want you in our schools. We don't want you in our establishments. We don't want your laws anywhere around. And then we're wondering why everything is so effed up. I mean, yeah. hello. I mean, that's why things are so jacked is because of that, of what we've done. We've made that conscious decision that we don't want the Lord in any part of our lives. And I think, uh, you know, at least as a, a parent, if you're aware of these things that, hey, don't just assume that they're getting some good stuff in that school. And I think anyone that switched on knows that. And it really, it's incumbent upon you as a parent to look at that, look at what they're being taught. And, and let's just say you have someone in the public school setting, you need to manage what's going on there. And then so that you can, you can undo some of those terrible things that are being learned and make sure that you're teaching them God's word at your house. I mean, because if you're a father, you're a priest of the home. Have a, have a conversation with your kid when he comes home every day. Yeah. What'd you learn today? You'd be yeah. surprised what they tell you. Yeah. And there's been many times, I'm sure Paul and I have been down at the school system asking questions like, you know, this is what my kid said. I mean, I'm going to hear your side of it. You know, yeah. Is this true or not? Yeah. But yeah, we, uh, it's, it's something that definitely needs Americans' attentions now, uh, yeah. attention now. I think this is a, a great topic that, you know, we're going to have to circle back on again, of course, is, uh, you know, homeschool, uh, you know, selection of private schools, how to manage your child's education, how to take responsibility for that. And, uh, and all those topics, I think, uh, that we owe you guys more. And I think there's a lot more out there to talk about. But um, I hope that you got something out of this today. Uh, I certainly did. In a, uh, in a couple yeah. of books, I just want to just throw you a couple of books that, uh, that I like. Uh, I like John Taylor Gatto. That's G-A-T-T-O. Uh, he's got several books. Um, um, and what's that, about, one, what's that one entitled, Mike? A Different Kind of Teacher. Okay. But he's got a lot of different, uh, you know, you can look uh, Underground History of American Education, uh, you know, The Seven Lesson School Teacher. I mean, there's just, he's just got a ton of good stuff. Now, he was, he was New York City Teacher of the Year. He was New York State's Teacher of the Year a couple years in a row. I mean, the guy's a phenomenal educator. Uh, but he's written some really great books. If you really want to understand the education system, um, he's a good guy to go to. And then, of course, I mentioned John Holt earlier, uh, which is the, the name of the book that I, um, I was talking about was Teach Your Own by John Holt. And But there's some great stuff out there for those of you that just want to understand um, what's going on in the education system in America and kind of like what the history of it is and, and the direction and why it is the way it is. Yeah, and in this day and age, we really got to stay up on what's going on and what our kids are being indoctrinated to. Absolutely. Because uh, you never know what you're going to get if you just let them go. All right, Paul. Well, anyway, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. If you enjoy our content and unique perspective, we hope you'll check out our sponsors. Blacksmith Publishing, been, been serving Warrior class since 2013. Uh, we have great titles written by Warriors for Warriors. If you're looking for a great reference book or just a good novel to sit down with, uh, make sure you check them out at blacksmithpublishing.com. If you're looking for some cool apparel, 
Uh, check out the uh, general store at pinelander1776.com. They've got a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, and, and anything else. That's pinelander1776.com. Until our next meeting, remember to keep your head on a swivel, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. Glory be to Pineland. Glory be to the resistance.